This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I've got a bad feeling about this one. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you decided to join me yet again to talk about our favorite thing in the world, Star Wars. And I say I've got a bad feeling about this episode because uh, as excited as I am to finally be back, uh, for some reason my camera app was having a hard time recording the video for this. Uh, I know some people just listen to the audio version only and whatnot, but I really wanted to I get the video working for this particular episode, and and I ended up having to go to my encoder to record this thing. So uh, hopefully everything works out for the rest of the episode, and hopefully there's no issues, uh, and and we can get this thing going. Guys, I'm back. It has been a while. I think it's been a month and a half since I've done an episode of the Canon Podcast, and I I apologize for that. It's been a while, and uh, I you know I, I have been busy though. I've been working on the Star Wars Canon Podcast mobile app. I've been working on putting this recording booth together so that I've actually got a little nook in the house I can come to and record, and I'm not getting pickup noise or semi-noise going by the house and stuff like that. And I live on a two-lane highway. Uh, And and honestly, my recording booth right on the other side of this wall, for those of you guys watching the video version, right on the other side of this wall is outside. This is the outside wall, and there's a highway right there. So uh, it's it once in a while I'll get a truck noise. So I was hoping to build something that I could kind of retreat to and, and record on my own time and, and, and whatnot and not have to worry about people walking by and, and, and yelling. Because once in a while I'll record with the window open just to kind of let some air and whatnot. But uh, anyway, I've got this, this booth built. And, and as you can tell, I've done some upgrades and, and I've been working really hard on getting this thing where I've always wanted it. When I started the Star Wars Canon podcast, it started as more of a YouTube video that I was taking the audio and uploading it as a podcast. And I really wanted to focus more on the on the on the audio version of on the podcast aspect of it uh, and, and and have a video version of it as well but not focus so much on the video I know a lot of people I've, I've gotten a lot of emails saying that a lot of people uh, watch the video version more than they do listen to the audio and and I completely get that I, I completely understand that I'll still throw some graphics up for uh, cover art and stuff like that but it's not going to be focused as a YouTube video anymore uh, in case you guys were wondering. So, uh, I'm very excited about this episode. I've been, uh, kind of dreading it a little bit because I knew, I think a week and a half ago, I put out the announcement that I was going to be coming back, uh, for this episode because there was so much to talk about. And, uh, I, I was kind of dreading it. I wasn't sure if I was going to get everything put together in time, but oh, I, by the grace of the force, I did. And, and, and here we are. So uh, I mentioned the Star Wars Canon Podcast mobile app a while ago. For those of you that don't know, those of you who are tuning in for the first time and and uh, and, and checking out the show, I, I welcome, by the way. I do appreciate it. But the Star Wars Canon Podcast mobile app is uh, a little passion project that I've been working on for a while. Uh, close to a year, actually. Actually, I think uh, yesterday was a year. Yesterday makes a year since I started working on this thing. Uh, I wanted to make a mobile app 
that had everything you would ever need for Star Wars canon in one place. One app that you could download that you had a timeline of where everything went, a description of everything, a place where you could go online to purchase everything if you wanted, uh, just just all kinds of stuff. And I've, I've been working really hard on it. It's not finished yet. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited with how much work I've gotten done on it. I'm very excited with how it's looking and how it's turning out. It's actually turning out better than I than I ever thought it would. This thing is going to have uh, a lot. So in, for all you canon junkies out there, those of you who are after, you know, my own heart, uh, this is this is what the app is officially going to have in it. Uh, there's going to be a tab where you can listen to this podcast, an audio-only version, in-app. There's going to be a tab where you can watch all of the YouTube videos for this channel in app. So if you want the video version of the podcast, you can watch it in the app. If you want the audio only version, you can listen to it in the app. Uh, there's going to be a place where you can send in mailbag questions, which I've got some mailbag questions picked out for later on in the show. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. But there's a place where you can send in a question to have on the podcast. All the social media links are going to be on there, a place where you can go check out the, the Patreon if you decide you would like to help support the podcast in any way, uh, the entire timeline of canon material is going to be on this thing. It's going to be broken down by story arc, and I actually decided to use... I know Disney came out with their own, uh, I guess, dating method for the timeline, and it's just stupid how it's all it's all relevant now to the Starkiller incident, which is just absolutely stupid. I decided to go ahead and go back and use the old uh, BBY, ABY uh, dating technique uh, before the Battle of Yavin, after Battle of Yavin, because that seems to be the midpoint for this entire timeline right now, and it's a really good jumping-off point where it's a good it's a good reference point. So uh, I decided to use that dating system. There's going to be a link or there's going to be a tab where you can find links to every single piece of canon material, and you can purchase it through the app, not from the app, but through the app in almost any format you want. So if you want to purchase a novel, there's going to be options for a hardback edition. If there's a Barnes & Noble exclusive edition, which is usually what I try to go for, uh, there's going to be links for the Barnes & Noble exclusive editions, for hardback, for paperback. There's going to be links where you can download the Audible version directly to your phone. There's going to be links where you can download the ebook version directly to your phone. For comic books, you're going to be able to download the digital version directly to your phone. You're going to be able to find links to purchase hard copies of these comic books as well. Uh, everything's going to be broken down by series and even with ongoing runs like Star Wars, Darth Vader, Poe Dameron, Dr. Aphra, all these other ongoing series, they're also going to be broken down by volume, which means, you know, if you get the TPB, the trade paperbacks of, you'll see you get volume one of Star Wars. It's the first six issues of Star Wars. So it's going to be broken down volume one, uh, Skywalker Strikes, and it's going to be the first six issues as well as where you can get the TPB of all six of those issues included in one TPB. So I'm really taking a lot of time to go through and try to add some stuff to this uh, to this app. I want to make it entirely useful. I want it to be completely, completely, what's the word I'm looking for? I want it to be user-friendly, and I want it to be kind of the one-stop hub for anything you would ever need for Star Wars canon. If a book is coming out, I want you to be able to get on that app 
and find it no problem. Pre-order it, order it, whatever you want to do. Download the digital copy of a comic or anything, anything at all. So, uh, And also there's going to be a community tab on this app as well. Kind of like a little Facebook feed, I guess you could say, where you can post pictures of what you're reading, post your own reviews for books, for comic books, just and, and just in general have conversations about Star Wars through this app. So I'm really, really excited about it. I can't wait to get it out to you guys. And, and, and like I said, I've been working on it for almost a year. I'm the only one that has been working on it. So I'm, I'm doing every single aspect of it, the design, the, the execution. I mean, the, 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 the writing, the code, everything is, is I've, I've been doing all of it. So that's why it's been taking so long to get out. So I'm very excited to get it out. It's my, it is my passion project that in this podcast, that everything is just this whole thing is really what keeps me from losing my mind a lot of the time. So, uh, Guys, like I said from the beginning of this episode, we've got a lot to talk about, and and we might as well just start with one of the big ones. Uh, there's a couple of really big stories that I'm going to talk about, and obviously the ones everybody wants to hear about. Uh, a couple of other little things we're going to review. Uh, a few issues of some comics that I wanted uh, that I wanted to to bring up, and then I've got I think four mailbag questions. I do have four mailbag questions. Uh, so let's jump right into this, right out of the gate, man. Guys, news broke, I think, last week. I'm recording this on Saturday the 7th. News broke, I think it was last week, that Bob Iger is stepping down as CEO of Disney. And Bob Chappelle, who was the former uh, chairman of Disney Parks and Experiences and Products, will be taking his place. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, everybody's talking about how shocked they are that Bob Iger has stepped down. I'm not entirely shocked. I'm, I, I'll say I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked that this is kind of come down to this because he's talked for a long time about wanting to retire and, and, you know, he even talked, he even started to in 2016 and that all fell through and he ended up having to stay on longer. So I'm not entirely, entirely just bamboozled uh and 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 side i uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh blindsided that's the word i was looking for i'm not entirely blindsided by this but it does come at an interesting time and you know when when bob Iger was asked about the timing of this thing this is what he had to say i've got his quote here he says it's actually quite simple in terms of why we made the decision now we asked ourselves two things, how best to manage the company today and how best to manage the secession uh, and transition. And we feel this, char uh, this change gives us the ability to manage the company much more efficiently, I'm sorry, effectively, by essentially giving Bob responsibility over day-to-day -day operations and enabling me to concentrate on what's obviously very important. He went on to say, it's also, it also sets up, we think, a great transition process that will lead to basically Bob taking over the company fully when I leave, and at that point, being far better versed in all the company's businesses and creative endeavors. It's that simple. It's how best to manage the company and the best possible secession transition process. Uh, and, and honestly, he's not wrong. This is a really good opportunity. you know. And, and he went on to say also during this, this call, uh, how the the company's in a really good place right now, in his opinion, how he has really capped off. He's been there 15 years. He's really capped off uh, a, a hell of a career. 
You know, he he started the first streaming service from Disney. He finished up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He finished up, well, if you want to consider the sequel trilogy finishing up Star Wars. He finished up the Skywalker saga. You know, he, he opened Galaxy's Edge, which was the biggest addition to any Disney park ever. And not just one of them, but two. He's he's had a hell of a career, you know. So, but but obviously the big thing about this story is the question everybody keeps asking: What does this mean for Star Wars? And because this is a Star Wars podcast, that's the part of it we're going to focus on. Obviously, this is going to have uh, repercussions on Marvel and, and some other properties, but Star Wars is what we are focusing on here. So, what does this mean for Star Wars moving forward? This could be a very good thing, and at the same time. This could be a very bad thing. There's, it depends on what which way you want to look at it. it. It really depends on how you view the sequel trilogy. It really depends on how you feel Disney has handled Star Wars so far since 2012. And really 2014 since they did this canon thing. Uh, for those of you who like the sequel trilogy... For those of you who really enjoyed the direction it went and enjoyed those films and, and who enjoyed the new canon, this could be, I mean, this could potentially be a bad thing. It could be a great thing, but it could potentially be a bad thing. You know, obviously this guy is going to come in with his own ideas, with where he thinks it should go, where the franchise should go, and, and kind of what he would want to do with it. Now, keep in mind, though, we do have the next several years already laid out. For, for Star Wars. So his hands are, I don't want to say his hands are a little tied, but he he does have a bit of an, an obligation to stick with what has been announced so far. Uh, for those of you who really hated the sequel trilogy, who hate the new canon, who, I like I hate to say it, but who are EU purists, it's probably, this could be a good thing for you. This could be a very, very good thing for you. You know, And it all depends on whether or not he decides he wants to go in a different direction with it, which he very well could. He may not either. You know, he he may sit down and go, you know what? It's worked so far because you have to take a step back and you have to look at how successful Lucasfilm's films have been during the Disney era. Whether you like them or not, you have to admit all three of the sequel trilogy made a billion dollars. All three of them. The only one that the only film that they made that didn't was Solo. Rogue One, over over a billion dollars. So they've been very successful so far. And, you know, honestly, they're probably going to look at this with the mentality of if it's not broken, don't fix it. And honestly, for me, that kind of, for somebody like me, that kind of sucks because I'm kind of on the fence with the whole Disney era thing. Like it's, I, I really enjoy the new canon quite a bit. I enjoy getting some of these stories that I've, that I've wondered about for a long time, but I was not a fan of the sequel trilogy. And, you know, and it, I was up until episode nine, and, and it honestly kind of derailed it for me. And and I'm not going to sit here and bash uh, the sequel trilogy. It's it's I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I, I We've got more stuff coming, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But there's there's plenty. It's not the end of the world. There's plenty of more uh, Star Wars stuff coming. But for me, this I'm kind of optimistic about this. Uh, as somebody who didn't like the sequel trilogy but does enjoy the new canon, I'm very optimistic about this. This is something that I'm looking at as we're getting fresh blood in. We're getting a new perspective in on things. Now, keep in mind, Kathy Kennedy, lover or hater, is still in charge of Lucasfilm. We don't know how much longer that's going to, to be the case, but she is still in charge of Lucasfilm. And, you know, she's the one that's greenlighting projects. And honestly, yes, the buck is going to stop with Bob Chapek, but... I think 
maybe this is wishful thinking and maybe this is just me hoping, but I feel like he's going to be the kind of guy that's going to rein Kathy in a little bit more and say, no, 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 no. It's not just up to you anymore. And if he's smart and, and, and I'm, and I'm not just, I'm not going to say this just to pander to people. If, if he's smart, he will slowly transition Kathy out and bring in somebody who is kind of a Kevin Feige, not not Kevin Feige, not the Kevin Feige, but is kind of a Kevin Feige to Star Wars. Somebody who can sit down and come up with this master plan, this entire story, and not rush the damn thing, and actually take your time and tell a story that's going to end up paying off. And I think, honestly, we're getting ready to get something like that. And we'll, and we'll talk about it here in just a few minutes um, with, with this Project Luminous, the High Republic thing. But I think this is a good thing for Disney, I think even even if you're a fan of Bob Iger's work, whether you are or not, I think everybody should be optimistic about this. The the fact that they're bringing in fresh blood, a new perspective to the company and and to the decision making process of this entire franchise, this should be a a, a a good thing for everybody. This isn't something that everybody should step back and go, oh crap, here we go. They're just gonna they're gonna fuck it up. No, it's not. It's not the way. That's not the way you should be thinking about this right now. Give the man a chance. We'll see what he has to offer this franchise, the company. And, you know, he, remember, he's not just in charge of Star Wars. He's got Marvel that has already been laid out. Phase 4 has already been laid out. He's going to be the one calling the shots for Phase 5. You know, he's going to be the one talking with Kevin Feige and Kathy Kennedy on these on, on Marvel and Star Wars and saying, yes, we're going to do this, this, and this. And, and you know what? Maybe, you know, he was in charge of uh, uh, Disney Parks and experiences and products. He's obviously set back. You know, if he was in, he was the chairman of Disney Parks, so he has a lot of experience working with the whole Galaxy's Edge process and 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 this whole the and, and the PR around it and the publicity and all this other stuff. He's got to be the kind of guy that's going to sit back and listen to fans and 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 listen to what they want and listen to their critiques, listen to their commendations. When, when you tell him, hey, good job, I think he's going to take that to heart. When you tell him, ooh, that's probably not such a good idea, I think he's going to take it to heart. So uh, I guess only time will tell. He doesn't actually take over take over until I think next year. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. We really will. And they've got enough stuff lined up until he takes over that I we, we've got a lot coming still. So his stepping in. Uh, we'll be here before you know it, and honestly, all we can do is sit back and wait and see how it's going to go. Uh, so let's move on to this next topic that I've got. Uh, this is another big one that I've gotten a lot of people asking me about, and it's something that I was I was really wrong about this. It and and I'll explain why this this project Luminous was finally announced almost a year after they initially brought it to our attention. It took them almost a year to bring this thing out. And honestly, I think it's going to show, I think, I think it's going to show that they took their time and they really went at a slow, meticulous planning pace with this thing. For those of you that don't know, Project Luminous was finally announced. I thought it was going to be, you know, this is the 40 year anniversary for Empire Strikes Back. For the 40 year anniversary of Star Wars, we had Project Blue Milk, which turned out to be the 40 short stories from a certain point of view. And I thought this was going to be right along the same lines as Empire. I really, really did. And I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. 
the there were rumors talking about that this was going to be announced as High Republic, and I I'm not really one to buys into the rumor mill very much. I like to get excited when stuff has been confirmed, when stuff is actually being put out. That's when I like to get excited. But this High Republic thing, I think this is going to be cool. Now, I did say on an earlier episode of the podcast, I have said before, that I thought that this was going to be Disney's uh, version of Old Republic. And I, and I take it back. I completely take it back. Old Republic was at least a thousand years removed. At least To get Old Republic, you have to go back. At least a thousand years. This is 200 years. This isn't much of a time jump, to be honest. This is the equivalent to the Star Wars, to the, I'm sorry, to the Skywalker saga as going back, would be what, 1820? Really, I mean, you think about things that were going on 200 years ago in our country, and it's really not that long ago. When you start talking about thousands of years ago and you start getting back into like the Crusades from where we are now, that that's a long time. That that's a hell of a time jump back. But when you're talking about 200 years, you're talking about you know the United States was what 50 years old at that point. Like it's 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 really not that far back to be completely honest. So uh, I I feel like they're far enough removed from the Skywalker saga where their hands aren't tied by anything, where they can actually do what they want to do story wise, narrative wise, character wise, and they really have a free range to work on what they want to do and the fact that they've sat down and, and you know they released this little video this little trailer for the high republic talking about the process that they went through and who all was involved and kind of showing some some little snippets of them working on it they're treating this thing basically like a like a film a film series the way i feel like they should have been treating some other films they sat down and did storyboards and they did concept art and and you know it's just they're, they're crafting this entire time period in a way where nothing, their, their hands are not going to be tied. They can do whatever they want. And nothing is going to really have any impact on what we've already seen on the classic trilogy, on the prequels, on the sequel trilogy. So basically the story of, of uh, this High Republic is, uh, it, it's basically Knights Templar with Jedi. Uh, and they're fighting uh, basically Star Wars Vikings, which I think they were called the Nile Something like that, N-I-H-I-L, the Nile. And what I found interesting about the Nile were their motto, and it is, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you. I'm, I'm huge when it comes to Viking stuff. I love Viking. I, my, my buddy Kyle got me hooked on the Viking show. I ended up falling out of it when a certain somebody died. I'm not going to give anything away for those of you that watch it, but uh, when a certain character died, I kind of fell out of it. But I, you know, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. They're talking that the next Assassin's Creed is going to be Viking. I'm, I'm losing my mind over that. So the idea of Star Wars Vikings is something that we really haven't seen before. We've seen pirates. We've seen smugglers. But we've never really seen Vikings. And it's, it's kind of a cool concept, to be honest. And it's something that I think would be a great villain for Jedi of the time period. You know, they were talking about what scares the Jedi during this time period. And if they're talking about this is a time of peace and prosperity, and this is kind of the zenith of the Republic, then yeah, what's going to come in and scare the living hell out of everybody and think that they're going to lose it? Vikings, man. Think back to, you know, history here on Earth, the Viking time period when they were coming over from Scandinavia. And it's, and, and, the hell they were wreaking is just 
that's what we're going to see in a Star Wars universe, which is awesome. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I really do like the way that they've treated this thing uh, with storyboards and concept art. And, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of all of the authors that are involved in this. I'm not a huge fan of all of them. But I feel like they're being utilized in a way where I think I will be okay with it. Because, you know, uh, Daniel Jose Older wrote Last Shot, which is really, really low on my novel ranking list. I'm not a huge fan of that novel at all. I think it had a lot of problems. It had a great villain. It had a great villain. But I feel like that novel, the the format for it had a lot of problems. And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of, of that book. And when I heard he was going to be working on something for this, I was like, oh, man, he's going to write another book. I'm going to have to sit through. But he's actually working with IDW on... Uh, a comic book here. I've got I've got everything written down here on who all's involved and what they're working on. Let's just go down this. So Charles Soule, who has worked on, uh, I believe the Vader runs and and a couple of other things, uh, will be writing the first installment. He'll be kicking this thing off in August of this year with a full adult novel from Del Rey called Light of the Jedi. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about this novel, and and and, on, and, and th- from what I understand, there's going to be something that happens in this novel, uh, a disaster that happens in this novel that really kicks off this time period, and that and something that everything else in this time period is going to be built around. So you know, the next couple books we talk about will be built around this thing. The comics will be built around this event. This is going to be awesome. I, I, I can't keep I, I, I can't stop saying that's gonna be awesome so I'm really looking forward to this in uh, this novel light of the Jedi the next novel that I think is going to be coming out I don't actually for the rest of this I'm not entirely sure what order the rest of these are coming out but the next novel we're gonna talk about uh, will be from uh, Disney Lucasfilm press it will be written by the Queen Claudia Gray and will be called into the dark this is one I'm really looking forward to also you know and Anything, in my opinion, that Claudia Gray has ever touched has turned to gold. And I I wasn't a huge, huge fan of Master and Apprentice, but I did enjoy it. But you got to always come back to this woman wrote Lost Stars. This woman wrote Leia, Princess of Alderaan. This woman wrote Bloodline. She is the queen of canon, in my opinion. Absolute queen. And to see her working on a project like this, where she can actually, she's not tied down by... What has come before, which she had no, no input on whatsoever. This is a story that she has had input on for the entire thing, and she gets to tell this part of it. And I'm so excited for this. I love Claudia Gray. They couldn't have picked a better author than her to be a part of this. They really couldn't have. Uh, the next book that's going to be coming out is by Justina Ireland. It'll be a middle grade novel called A Test of Courage. This will be more for the children. Uh, more of a younger age, I'm assuming a higher elementary age. But I am still kind of looking forward to reading this one. I'm, I'm, I, this this whole time period intrigues me, so it doesn't matter what it's going to be. They could come out with a little golden book at this point that's canon, and I would probably sit and read it just so I could get this entire time period. Justina Ireland is uh, responsible for writing uh, Spark of the Resistance, which was a little like a little three-hour read that came out right before Rise of Skywalker it took place for, uh, I'm sorry, between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Followed Rey and and kind of some adventures that her, Poe, and Finn went on uh, between films. But that's really the only thing she's ever written 
not the only thing, but it's one of the only things she's ever really written that kind of stood out in the, in the new canon. So this seems to be right in her wheelhouse, right on something that she uh, has done before. We'll see what she has to offer. Uh, Daniel Jose Older is writing for IDW's Star Wars High Republic Adventures. So I'm assuming this is basically Star Wars Adventures, but just during the High Republic era. That's basically what I'm getting from this. Uh, I'm glad he's not working on a novel, to be completely honest. I hate I hate to say that, man. I really, really hate to say that. But I'm glad he's not working on a novel. I'm glad it's this. Uh, and and this is let's see how he does with this format. You know, and you know he may he may find out he likes writing comics more. And and you know, it's a very different way to tell a story. Writing a comic and writing a book, a lot of people would disagree with me. That's fine. This two completely different styles of writing. It it takes two completely different. Uh, I don't want to say mindsets, but that's what I'm going to go say. Two completely different outlooks on a story. Uh, and it's I, I want to see how he does with a comic series over a novel now. Uh, and Kevin Scott will be writing for Marvel, and it is simply be, it's the, the I guess, really the, the High Republic self-title, Star Wars The High Republic. Not sure how many issues it's going to be just yet, uh, but very excited for it. Uh, the fact that they are sitting down and hammering out this entire story from beginning to end, before they're pulling the trigger on it, gives me hope. This is what I feel like they should have been doing from the get-go with the films, with some of the other novels, you know, and and I really do feel like that this is kind of going in the right direction. And I really do like the fact that they're treating it like a film. And, you know, later on, we're going to we're gonna be introduced to these characters when this starts in August. And who's to say later on this next film in 2022 isn't going to go along with these lines? You know, we, we don't know that for sure. Nothing has really been announced for those films yet, but it could. And we could get to see the, we could, you get to know these characters in a book and then you see them on film, on screen, and they mean more to you. And, and the best example I can think of is uh, the, the novel for Catalyst, the, the, I guess the prequel novel to Rogue One. Not a lot of people read that book before going to see Rogue One. So when Lyra dies at the beginning of that film, Nobody really was like, oh, well, that sucks. He lost his wife. But I went into that movie having read Catalyst, and I knew who Lyra Urso was. I knew her relationship with Galen. I knew her relationship with Jin. I knew her relationship with Saw Gerrera. I knew her relationship with Director Krennic. So when I saw Rogue One and she dies at the beginning, I was one of the only people in the audience that, oh, my God, not Lyra. And everyone's like, who the hell is Lyra? Nobody knew. So if you're writing this massive story around these characters and you do a film later on, these films, I think, are going to end up paying off in the long run. I think people are going to be really excited to see these characters and not just do adaptations of the stories that we already have. Build off of those stories with these films. You know what I mean? So, But at the same time, don't do it in a way where you have to have read the books to know what's going on in the movies. Anyway, the High Republic thing I'm very excited for. I, I cannot wait. I'm I'm still holding out for something along the lines later on of Old Republic, but I can live with this for right now. I, I, I'm assuming this is them dipping their toes in the water and kind of seeing what people want and kind of feeling out how people feel about stuff like this. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on, I think, uh, in, in the episode. But for right now, let's move on to the next piece of canon that's coming out. Uh, the novelization for The Rise of Skywalker... Uh, was obviously announced. It was actually pushed back two weeks. It was supposed to be out by now. Uh, it's set for release on March 17th, which is 10 days from now. This is being recorded on the 7th. Uh, it's 10 days from now. 
And I remember saying during my Rise of Skywalker review that I wanted to see how the novelization was going to go because if you go back to Last Jedi, now, and I know the stigma that surrounds Last Jedi, I get it. With Last Jedi, I did enjoy the film at first. And I, and I did up until Episode Nine came out. And I read the novel, but I felt I, I always did feel like, and you can go back on the channel and find other videos where I'm talking about this. I always did feel like the Rise of uh, not the Rise of Skywalker, uh, the Last Jedi, worked better as a novel than it did a film. It really did fill in a lot of the gaps. It had Ray's third lesson that was never in the film. It had a lot of things that really made the movie. Next time you watch the movie, you went, oh, okay, well I know because this happened in the book. Okay, I get it. And I've always been against that kind of writing. You know, oh, let's just get the movie out and then we'll explain it in a book later that they have to buy. I've always been against that. With all that being said, during my review for Rise of Skywalker, I said I was looking forward to the novel for Rise of Skywalker because I had a feeling they were going to do the same thing with that one they did with Last Jedi. And it seems like that's exactly what they're doing. There's been several excerpts that have been released uh, onto the interweb in the last two weeks. I haven't read all of them. I've read a couple of them. A couple of them I don't want to read because I know what they are and I don't want it ruined for me just yet. Uh, the first excerpt they ended up releasing was Kylo on Mustafar and it was kind of from General Hux and General Pride's point of view watching him mow down everybody trying to get to this Wayfinder. Uh, that was a good excerpt. Uh, there's another one talking about, and, and guys, this may actually be considered spoilery. If you guys don't want to hear, I would skip ahead about two or three minutes. Uh, but there's an excerpt talking about that. We've had it confirmed that Palpatine in episode nine was a clone and that he was basically a vessel for Palpatine's spirit. And, 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 you know, we and, and I remember saying during my review also, people are probably going to tell me, no, he was a clone of Palpatine. I get that, but it should have been explained in the movie. It shouldn't. You shouldn't take a book to explain what's going on in the movie. I should be able to. Have, I should have been able to watch Episode Nine and and walked out and went. That was a clone of the Emperor. But that was definitely a clone of the Emperor. I get it. He just couldn't contain his spirit. I get it. Never explained. But they're, the fact that they're putting it in the novel, I, I, I've, I read that excerpt talking about Kylo seeing the cloning technology hooked up to the Emperor and stuff. Reading that excerpt alone has me excited for this novel. I cannot wait to read this book. I cannot wait. Uh, Kirsty sent me a, an, a, a link on Messenger the other day to an article that I did not click on because I didn't want it to explain how. But honestly, the headline kind of gave it away a little bit, and it was talking about how Ray's father was a failed clone of Palpatine. So Palpatine didn't actually get laid any time. This is these, these are questions that should have been answered in the film. They they should have been because remember walking out of Episode Nine, everybody's like the the Emperor got laid. What? When did that happen? That's disgusting. Like everybody was talking about that. That should have been explained that it was a failed clone. And if you'd have touched on the clone thing, you could have said this was a failed clone of Palpatine that gave birth to Rey. And you know, they never touched on it. And But there's another, I guess, excerpt that, that is out that I'm, I have not read because I don't want to spoil it for me. And it's basically explaining how Palpatine survived Return of the Jedi. 
I'm excited to read it. I cannot wait to get my hands on this book to see the version of episode nine that I feel like should have been on screen. But at the same time, I have this mentality that it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't take a novel to fix a movie. It really shouldn't. I should not be looking. Look, after the when a, if a movie comes out and they're getting ready to do a novelization for it two months later, you shouldn't be this excited to get the novelization of a movie that you've seen. You should be like, oh, well, okay, cool. It's a novelization of it. So what? I've already seen it. It shouldn't be, oh, my God, I can't wait to get my hands on this to see what else there was. It shouldn't be that way. So, uh, I like I said, I am looking forward to it, and I can't wait to to go through it and to have all my questions actually answered for the first time. So, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Rise of Skywalker and adaptations, the comic adaptation for the Rise of Skywalker has also been announced. It will begin its run in June and will run five issues. That alone tells me that this is going to be a throwaway five-issue series because every other film adaptation, whether it be uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rogue One, those three were like six issues, I believe. And the solo comic adaptation was seven issues. How are you going to cut down the finale of the Skywalker saga to five issues? And, and you know, they were talking about after... because. The adaptation for Force Awakens was very cut and dry. It was just a very abridged version of the film. When Rogue One came out, they well, this is going to have a little bit of extra stuff in it, so calm down. They'll have a couple extra scenes. It'll, it'll be worth the buy then. And it had a couple of extra little things. Last Jedi didn't have so much extra stuff. It was pretty much verbatim again. Solo really... It was longer for the adaptation... But it was just because it was more loyal. It wasn't as abridged. They really didn't add a lot to the solo comic adaptation. The fact that this one is five issues, don't expect anything new in this comic. Don't expect them to be dropping any extra scenes in this thing. Expect it to be an extremely abridged version of the film as a comic. That, that, that's, that's what it's going to end up being. Anything extra you're going to want from Rise of Skywalker is going to be in the novel. So I'm not remotely excited for the comic at all. I'm going to buy all five issues just so I can throw them in my long box with every other Star Wars comic that's ever come out. But I'm not going to... I may not even read it, to be completely honest. I may skim through it to see if there's anything extra. But if there, but if I get two or three issues in and there's nothing extra, I'm not going to finish it. I just, There's not going to be any point. This comic adaptation should have been at least seven issues. At least. So I'm, I'm not remotely excited about this comic at all uh and for the last thing uh concerning rise of skywalker uh the film itself is set for release digitally on march 17th which is 10 days from today same day as the novel being released and then will be released on blu-ray on the 31st uh i i'm gonna try to get the best buy steelbook edition because that's what i've gotten for all the other saga films i wasn't able to get them for rogue one or solo uh, but I was able to get them for all the saga films. So I'm going to try to finish off my saga this way. Like I said in my review for Rise of Skywalker, I'll probably watch it once and then put it on the shelf. Honestly, I'll probably end up buying the, the, the Blu-ray, and before I watch the Blu-ray even once, I'm probably going to read the novel. Because the novel, the, Blu uh, the, the novel obviously is coming out like a week before, but I'm probably going to read the novel and then watch the film one time and put it on the shelf and call it quits. So... 
Uh, for those of you who are excited about it, cool. Can't wait for you guys to get it. I'm, I'm excited to kind of I, look I, as much as I didn't like the film. I am excited to sit down and watch it at home in high res. I, I really am. You can sit down and actually kind of pick your way through it. And, and it's a good way to notice things that you never noticed before. But I just I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. In my opinion, honestly, uh, as far as Star Wars is concerned, it's got its head on in the right direction when it comes to comic books right now. Uh, I've got three comic books I want to talk about. I want to talk about issues numbers one and two for the new Star Wars run. And I want to talk about Vader number one. I haven't read anything past those. I haven't gone to pick up my poll file for this month. Yeah, I, I, that's going to be in two weeks. I'm going to go pick up my poll file in two weeks. Uh, but I have read the first two issues of Star Wars. I've read the first issue of Vader. Let's talk about the Star Wars run for a second. This run of Star Wars went back to issue number one, takes place between episodes five and six. The first issue and the first half of the second issue take place during Empire Strikes Back. It takes place between Luke and, and Leia and Lando escaping from Vader. And it, and it takes place between that and when Luke's getting his new hand. Luke has that back to thing on his wrist for the first issue and a half. And then finally we see Lando and Chewie take off from the end of Empire Strikes Back halfway through the second issue and, and go to Tatooine. This run so far is absolutely amazing. I, I'm Like I said, I'm two issues in and I'm already hooked. This, this run is already leaps and bounds better than the first Star Wars comic run was issue for issue. This comic is obviously going to tell how Maz got Luke's lightsaber. That's going to be finally addressed. Uh, and and, and it's going to introduce this new character, this hooded character that has Luke's lightsaber. Can't figure out who it is. Very excited about it, man. I'm not even playing. I'm I'm really excited to see where this comic goes. It's really delving into Luke's mentality and him kind of dealing with finding out that Vader is his father with him being injured the way he was. Leia is dealing with losing Han Solo and, and, and dealing with the fact that she said, I love you, and all he said back was, I know. Lando is trying to convince the Rebellion that he is worth trusting because he helped them escape Cloud City. I'm, it, it, it's, I'm, I'm, this is an amazing run. When you start getting into character development like this, which we knew that they went through this stuff, but to actually see it is completely different. To actually sit and watch them go through it is an amazing thing to see. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about this run. Like I said, it's absolutely great so far. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I don't know how long it's going to run, though. If you, if you want to look at the first Star Wars run and how long it went based on the time period it's supposed to take place in, then I'm assuming you can... I guess you can assume that it would be, what, a comic every two weeks? One issue happened every two weeks. Is basically where it ha basically what happened. If 75 issues over the course of three years... You've also got to take into account, you know, the the Vader down story, which crossed over with Vader, and it, some of those issues took that up. The Screaming Citadel story took some of that up. Uh, there's there's certain things, and then you got to also take into account all the uh, solo runs on their comics. Leia had her five issue run. Chewie had a five issue run. Uh, Han had a five issue run. Luke has never had a five issue run, which is bullshit. Lando had a five issue run. You know, all these all these character arcs also took place during this time period. 
So if you just want to take 75 issues, you're looking at probably 100 issues that took place over three years. If you want to take that into consideration, and this is only covering a year's time period, you're looking at maybe 30, 35 issues, 36 issues, something like that. So it's it, uh, who knows how long it's going to run. Honestly, it could possibly run back up to where the films are going to start taking off again when this hiatus for the films is over. And then they, and if we get some High Republic stuff later on, that's probably when you're going to start seeing everything go full bore High Republic. So uh, we'll, we'll see, though. But this, the first two issues of Star Wars were absolutely knocked out of the park for me. Invader, number one. This new Darth Vader run. This is the third Vader pro- proper Vader run that we've had. Because we had uh, the Vader down story, the, the one shot. And then we had the Dark Visions, Tales from Vader's Castle, Return to Vader's Castle, all these other stuff. This is the third Darth Vader run proper from Marvel. And it seems like, like I said, I'm only one issue in. And it seems like, issue for issue, these Vader runs keep getting better and better and better. And, and, and look, I was one of them that said, as soon as this was announced, I, I, I was like, God, not another Vader run. Can you beat a dead horse any harder? Like, what the hell? This Vader run? Holy shit. I cannot wait to see where this goes. For those of you who have read it, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about it here for a second. For those of you who haven't read it, and you don't want it spoiled, skip ahead a couple minutes. For those of you who haven't read it and don't give a shit, here we go, let's talk about this thing. The end of this Vader, oh, we'll, we'll talk about the beginning of it for a second. Picks up during Empire Strikes Back, from Vader's point of view, through his helmet eye, through the eyes of his helmet, watching Luke turn him down, say no, and jump to his death. What, what Luke assumed was, was going to be his death. And some of the mental imagery that goes through Vader's head is perfect. Between Luke telling him no to the father and son thing, switching between that to Padme saying no to him saying, we can rule the galaxy, make things the way we want them to be. Very similar situations. And, And everybody keeps telling him, no, they don't want to rule the galaxy with him. He's seeing that. And with him trying to track down everybody who raised him, he's got this droid with him, and I can't remember the name of the droid right now, but he takes this droid with him, and he goes to Lars' homestead, and they visit the graves of Shmi, and he starts having, uh, Shmi and, and Klieg and, and Owen and Beru, and he starts to have flashbacks to when he killed everybody, he start, he, he's, he's all the Tusken Raiders. He's, he's having flashbacks while he's walking through the homestead of when he was fixing speeders, talking to Padme about how he killed the women and the children too. He's having all these flashbacks. And it's this comic is a serious character study of Vader and, and how his entire past is coming back to haunt him. But in no way was I expecting it to haunt him in the way the last page did. His ass is saved by a woman with a blaster rifle, who is Padme. It's Padme, Amidala. And it's not just a vision of Padme either. I've read one issue. Maybe they explained it in the next couple issues. I don't know yet. Don't ruin it for me if if, if you read it and and they did that. But this apparition is not just in Vader's head. The droid saw her too. The droid looked at her and said, wait, how is Padme Amidala here? She's supposed to be dead. 
So, and and it's not just a young Padme either. It's an older Padme. Like it looks like she's aged appropriately. And when I got to that last page, I gasped. I was like, I did not see that coming. What the hell? And I'm very, very anxious to see how they're going to go about this. To see Padme and Vader together, that's going to be awesomely, this just blows my mind to think about. I'm very excited about this run. I can't wait to see where it goes. I don't know how long this one's going to run either. Every Vader run so far has been 25 issues, which was about two years. Runs about two years, which would put us right up to the next film coming out, to be honest. So uh, I'm very excited about this Vader run. Guys, if you have not read this one, go pick it up. And and, and look, I'm at the point now where it, two, three years from now, once this run is said and done, and they come out and say, hey, we're doing another Vader run. Yeah, part of me is going to be like, Jesus, again? But the other part of me is going to be like, oh, man, this is going to be a good one. So Vader number one, man, very excited to see where this where, where this run goes. If you guys have read it without giving me any spoilers, comment below. Let me know what you guys thought of it and, and, and where you guys think it may go. Uh, so that's going to do it for the news and, and really everything that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and everything I kind of wanted to get my thoughts on. This is the part of the show where you guys get to decide the topic. We're going to get into some mailbag questions. If you want to get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast, you can email it to me at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send it in a voice message through the Anchor app uh, if you listen on that platform. I've got four mailbag questions picked out. Uh, So let's get in some of these. Renee Hardy has the first question this week. And Renee says, hello there. (laughs) Hello there. Uh, I just found your podcast and I've listened to the last few episodes you produced and I have to say you have picked up a new follower. Thank you very much, Renee. I appreciate it. Uh, She says, I love how you tell your opinion but are willing to accept others' opinions as well. We need more fans like you. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Uh, She goes on to say, uh, where was I? I keep hearing about how the EU is so much better than the new canon. I haven't read much of the new stuff because of the negativity I see surrounding it. Why do you enjoy the new canon more than the EU, and what do you see is the biggest difference between the two? Thanks for the question, Renee. And it's a really good question, and it's one that I, I, I feel like I've addressed before, but it has been a while, so we'll, we'll, we'll address it again. Uh, yeah, first off, there's a lot of negativity surrounding the new canon, and really it's, you know, I used the term EU purist a while ago, and, and honestly, I shouldn't use that term. I really shouldn't. I, I feel like it's a derogatory term towards people who just really enjoyed the old stories, which is nothing wrong with. What I feel like there is something wrong with is enjoying the old stories, but not giving the new stories a chance at all. And, and granted, there are some stinkers in the new canon. There's some stuff that even I don't want on my canon shelf at all. Granted, I will give you that. But there's some really good stuff too. Now, you. This is coming from somebody. I I've read some of the EU. I've I haven't read nearly all of it. I haven't read nearly half of it. But I've read more of the prominent novels. I read the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the, the Thrawn trilogy. For those of you who don't know, I read Kenobi, which Kenobi I think was the last one I read before I gave up on it because there was just so many coming out I couldn't keep up with it. Uh, I've read the Darth Bane trilogy, which is my absolute favorite trilogy of novels ever. And I'm not just talking Star Wars. I mean ever of any book, any genre, Bane trilogy, fucking amazing. Uh, and I've actually started, collect. I've, I've started collecting the old EU novels. I've got all of the old Republic stuff in there, but I haven't read, a, I haven't read a lot of it yet. I have read all of the new canon. 
So this is going to be kind of a one-sided argument based off, and, and I read Shadows of the Empire from the EU also, which I think is one of the, the staples, one of the cornerstones when it comes to the old legend stuff. Because it was honestly one of the only, I think Shadows of the Empire and the Thrawn trilogy were really the only books that had an entire merchandise line behind them also when it came to action figures and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a negativity when it comes, when when you start talking about Star Wars canon, people tend to get a little, uh, what's the word I want? I'll use the word pissy. People start to get pissy. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. The biggest, the biggest difference between the two is, you know, we, we had the EU stuff for 30 years. There's like a hundred and if you want to talk about just adult novels, just adult novels alone, not talking comics and children's books, adult novels alone. I think there's 157 adult novels in the EU. There's like 27, I think in Canon. So there's a lot of stories that were told over the three decades, stories that people really read and they really clung to. And, you know, the, the Thrawn trilogy was heralded as the official continuation of the Skywalker saga. It was the official episodes, I guess you could say four, five, six before the special editions came along and made them, you know, seven, eight, nine. I know a lot of people really enjoyed the Thrawn Trilogy. I really enjoyed the Thrawn Trilogy. Really great book. But there were problems with the EU also that a lot of people tend to gloss over and they, they choose to ignore because it, it it's inconvenient. Everybody talks about how George Lucas always considered the EU canon. He didn't. George Lucas never considered the EU canon. He used it as a... I don't want to say a breeding ground. He used it as an idea, as a ground for ideas. And really he used it basically just to make sure that names weren't used before and stuff like that. And the biggest example I can use is this. And a lot of people argue with me until I bring this up. And a lot of people have been bringing this up lately. If George Lucas considered the EU canon, why did we get the Clone Wars that we got in the films? Why wasn't it the Clone Wars that was mentioned in the Thrawn trilogy where there were actual clones of Jedi? Why didn't that happen? So George Lucas never considered the EU canon. I think he considered parts of it as kind of, yeah, okay, well, we can say that happened. I think he really ran with the idea of having the, the Skywalker twins again, the, the solo twins. I should say Jason and Jaina and then Anakin later on. I think he really did grasp onto that idea quite a bit. But for the most part, the, the EU was never considered canon. It never, and it had layers of canon, which granted, the new canon has got layers of canon too, whether they want to admit it or not, it does have layers of canon also. But the old EU was really contradictory. I mean, extremely contradictory. There were stories popping up of characters that had died in other book series later on, you know, and it's just a lot of stuff that just didn't mesh well. And yeah, there are people out there like those stories and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to admit that there were problems with it as well. It's not this all perfect. It's not all 157 novels were absolutely perfect. They weren't. There were some really bad things in there. Uh, as far as the new canon goes, there's some bad stuff in the new canon. There's some really good stuff in the new canon, but there is some really shitty stuff in the new canon. Stuff that I... To be completely honest, 
I've never read the last two issues of Chewbacca. I've got all five issues. I've got them bagged and boarded in my long box, but I've never read the last two issues. I ended up giving up on that comic. It's just shit. It's just absolute shit. Um, Heir to the Jedi is a book that I don't like to mention because I, I feel my blood pressure go up every time I, I mention it. Heir to the Jedi was the third book released in the new canon. And it was really grandfathered in because it was supposed to be part of the the Legends of the, the EU. And uh, it got grandfathered in. It was tweaked here and there so it matched canon and then it was just brought in. Horrible book. Uh, the comic for uh, C-3PO and the Phantom Limb, how he got his red arm. They told that story in the Lego Star Wars Force Awakens game and it made more sense in Lego than it did on the comic page. That was a horrible... I mean, the artwork in that book was in that comic was just horrible. Uh, Last Shot wasn't a big fan of Last Shot at all by Daniel Jose Older. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, it had too many time jumps in it, just back and forth all over the place. Not a big fan of Most Wanted. Uh, not a big fan of the new Lando five-issue run, the Double or Nothing. Not a big fan of that. Basically, anything that came out about the time Solo came out, not a huge fan of. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of the first Aftermath. I've grown to appreciate it for what it is at this point. Uh, wasn't a fan of Alphabet Squadron, but still excited to see where that series ends up going. There's some things in the new canon that I'm not a fan of. And, I'm, and I don't sit here and preach and say the new canon is better than the EU. I'm not going to say that. I will say that the new canon is more cohesive than the old EU was. Not completely. There's there's still things that contradict themselves in the new canon. There's still contradictory things. Don't get me wrong. But it is nowhere near as bad as the EU was. And yeah, there's some really good stories in the EU that should be brought into canon. There's some damn good stories. There's some stories in the EU that I really, that I'm sad are not canon anymore. But at the same time, you have to... I don't like the word headcanon. I know a lot of people use the word headcanon quite a bit now. And I'm and I'm not a big, big fan of it. Uh, but what is canon is canon. As much as fans want to bitch and moan and complain that the new canon is ruining their childhood and all this stuff. Disney owns it. That's that uh, Disney owns it. Yes, I know fans say, no, Star Wars belongs to the fans. It really does. Not legally. It doesn't legally belong to you. Legally, it belongs to, to, to Disney, and they can do whatever they want with the story. They can do whatever they want with it, and that is canon whether you like it or not. There are things I wish wasn't canon, but it is whether I like it or not. It doesn't... It, we don't get the final say. They should... I, I think they should take fan criticism into account, but they, they don't think they should do what the fans say. I really don't think they, they should. So, yeah, there are differences between the EU and the canon. And one of the biggest ones, as far as format goes, there were a lot of stories that really centered around Han, Luke, and Leia. I mean, bulk of them centered around Han, Luke, and Leia, Chewie, Lando, the droids, in the EU, and their kids. Those are the stories of Mara Jade. Mara Jade's one of those characters that everybody has this, like, just, like, Star Wars boner for. And it's, it's, it's crazy. To see how much, how many people love that character. Uh, but a, a good bulk of those stories centered around that time period. And that's why a lot of people love these stories so much. That's why they were better, I think. And when you look at the new canon, there's 
not a single novel, there's not a single novel that has come out in the new canon that is a Han, Luke, Leia, Lando, and droid story. There's not a single one. There, there are novelizations, if you want to call them that, for uh, episodes four, five, and six, The Princess Scoundrel and the Farm Boy, So You Want to Be a Jedi, and Beware the Dark Side of the Force. Those are, those are basically novelizations. They're horrible novelizations, but they're basically novelizations. That's as close as you got. There is nothing else in the new canon anywhere that has Han, Luke, Leia, Lando, and the droids. Nothing along the same lines as what the EU was. And we need some of that. There, don't get me wrong. There are Han and there's a Han and Lando novel. There's a Leia novel. There's you know, it's there's nothing with those three teaming up to fight the next big baddie. You know, and and really with the with the old canon, they really focused on the big three and and that A team of characters during that time period. You know, and now with this new canon during this time period, we've got so many new characters, so many more badass A teams that now Han, Luke, and Leia have kind of lost their luster a little bit as far as heroes are concerned. So when you start focusing, and, and granted, you you have to expand the universe. You have to tell more stories. But you need to have a core, a central core of storytelling around those characters. Those are the ones people love the most. And we have nothing on Luke Skywalker. Literally nothing on Luke Skywalker. No Luke novels at all. We had the legends of Luke Skywalker, but all of that was tossed up for debate whether it was canon or not. The only things we know about Luke as far as in between episodes six and seven are he went to, I don't remember the name of the planet now, in Battlefront when he went and got that uh, compass at, at the Emperor's Observatory. We know he was there, and we know he started a Jedi training facility. And we know he trained Ben Solo. And that, that, that's basically all we know. We don't, and everything else is kind of left up for debate. We need more stuff that really brings those characters together. And there's no reason we can't, they, even in the canon now, they could still do it. There's still a huge time gap between Last Shot and Bloodline, which is really the, the main novels there. There's a huge, there's still like a 20 year time gap there where you could still tell stories with Han Luke, Leia, Lando, and the droids. And Chewy, you know, there's 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 that gap there. And I think if they actually got somebody to sit down and write those stories, they could really feel a lot like EU novels. Start telling stories about some of the things that they were dealing with at the time and, and these other remnants of the Empire. Even though I know the Empire died at the Battle of Jakku now, I get that. But you would still, I guarantee you still have these holdouts. These Imperial governors that don't want to give up their power on the planet that they live on, you know they still have garrisons of troops that never made it to the Battle of Jakku. Even though they got the call to go, you know there were there were still Imperial governors that, mm, no, don't think so. You know there were still admirals out there. What, whatever happened to Admiral Ray Sloan? We don't know whatever happened to Sloan. So she could be the next big baddie for Han, Luke, and Leia to deal with. You know, so there's still so much more that they could tell. And to make this thing still seem like the EU. Uh, the the new canon is focused a lot on bringing some of the newer characters to light. Like the Ahsoka novel, stuff like that. And and this Kira from the solo film with Most Wanted. And, and, and they've brought Thrawn back, which you really can't not complain that they brought Thrawn back. Bringing Thrawn back was, that was the best move you could have made. So there there are a lot of differences between, between the two. I 
the bulk of the negativity, I think, comes from people being attached to those stories and being told, no, 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 those stories never happen. Well, I can see where they're coming from. They did happen. I read them. That's fine, but they didn't actually happen in our universe. But I read them. That's fine. Nobody's coming to take your EU collection and burn it and say you're not allowed to read it anymore. They're not doing that. If, if people out there love the EU so much and they hate everything Disney's done so much, you still have your EU novels. There's nothing stopping you from saying that was the, that's the timeline you choose to, to go with. That's cool. That's great. Whatever. Legally, Disney's got the final say in what's canon, and this is canon now. So uh, there are there like if you haven't read a lot of it, a good place to start is Lost Stars. That's a really good jumping off point. It's a novel by Claudia Gray I talked about earlier. It's a really good jumping off point. Uh, Lords of the Sith is a good jumping off point. I know some people didn't like Lords of the Sith, but I really enjoyed Lords of the Sith quite a bit. Tarkin's a good one. Bloodline's a good one. So there are really good places where you can really jump off and, and see what was going on in the galaxy. So, uh, Renee, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a follower now. And uh, thank you for sending in the question. Uh, question number two this week comes from Tony Parks. And Tony says, Brian, where have you been? There's so much to talk about, and I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on everything that has happened. I listened to your review of episode nine, and although I enjoyed the film for what it was, I understand where a lot of your critiques came from. Do you think the new CEO at Disney will take fan complaints into consideration moving forward, or do you think everything from now on will be made on the seat of their pants with no plan? Thanks for the question, Tony. Uh, I have to believe that they're going to start planning some stuff out. I, I, I have to, because even Bob Iger and Kathy Kennedy had to look at episode nine and go, oh, God, no, let's just get this thing out. Let's just, just do it. Uh, I said during my review for The Rise of Skywalker, and if you guys haven't watched it, or if you guys aren't going to, uh, this is this is basically how I feel the, the whole plan for the sequel trilogy went. I think they started strong with Episode 7. It really boosted their confidence. Seven was pretty well received. It wasn't perfectly received. It wasn't universally loved, but it was pretty well received. Last Jedi came along and they wanted to do some bombshell twist, something that had never been done in Star Wars before, and I think it fell flat with a lot of people. Uh, well, it's obvious that it fell flat with a lot of people, but I think at that point they took a step back and went, oh shit, we fucked up. We just need to get this trilogy done, wash our hands of it, and if it sucks, it sucks. If not, then cool, but let's just wash our hands and move on to the next thing. And I think that's that's honestly what happened. You know, with J.J. talking about how his whole plan was to bring Palpatine in in the first place, I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. I don't think there was... I think, honestly, after Last Jedi... Now, don't get me wrong. I think Ryan Johnson went in a direction with, with Star Wars that they didn't think he was really going to go. That J.J. had no idea of. Don't get me wrong. I think he went just out there. But I don't think... I think it's naive to believe that J.J. from the beginning was like, no, 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 we're going to bring the Emperor back. We're going to do that. That's That's got to be the big baddie, right? No, that's not the plan. Because the original plan was J.J. to do 7, Ryan Johnson to do 8, and Colin Trevorrow to do 9. And we've read Duel of the Fates. They released it. He leaked it. He leaked his version of Episode 9 that they were going to go with, and the Emperor's nowhere in it. There's, it's nowhere in there. So you can't sit there and tell me that that was the plan all along. 
The emperor was never, it was never part of this plan. He was shoehorned in to get fans back on board and they had to come up with some way to bring him back that made sense and making Ray a Palpatine made, I don't want to say it made sense, but it made sense to, that was the only way they could really bring him back and explain why he was back. So I think moving forward, I think I, I, I have to believe that Disney is going to take this stuff into consideration and they're going to actually plan what they're doing. I have to. If they're taking the look with this High Republic thing, it's a series of books and they're treating it like a film. They're doing storyboards and concept art and idea boards and they're getting everybody in the same room together to brainstorm. If they're doing that for a set of novels, you know they have to be thinking about doing this for the films. They have to be thinking about it going forward. Because honestly, they missed their mark with the sequel trilogy, in my opinion. I think that, like I said, I think they started strong. I think they really could have nailed it if they had. It's kind of a blanket statement. I really think they could have nailed it had they just kept their head on. If they had kept their head on, turned on the right way. I think they could have done it. But I think they. Like I said, I think they really thought they had something with Last Jedi and then it just derailed. So I. I think this new CEO, he's going, I, I really do believe he's going to take a new approach to these films. And remember, Kathy is still in charge of greenlighting everything. I know everything still has to go through Bob, but it's it's going to be Kathy making most of the calls. I think you're going to see a completely different process when it comes to making Star Wars content from here on out. And I think this high this high republic thing is complete evidence of that. I think it, I think that right there is them coming out saying, "Hey guys, look, we get it. We're we're planning something big. We're gonna we're gonna carry this process on throughout all of our franchise from now on." So I think you can rest assured they're gonna have a plan from now on. But you still have to keep in mind too, though. And I keep coming back to this, and I keep having to remind myself of this. Yes, episode seven, eight, nine were made by the seat of their pants, but they still made a billion fucking dollars each. And it, it goes back to if it's not broken, don't fix it. So did they really learn their lesson or did they not? There's there's two sides of me that are just warring back and forth. I want to be the optimist. And the other side of me just wants to be the realist. And it's it's I guess, like I said earlier, we're talking about Bob Chapek. Well, I'll just have to see how it goes. You know, so thank you for sending in the question, Tony. Guys, let me know. Do you think Disney learned their lesson with the sequel trilogy? Or do you think money talks more than fans? You know, let me know, guys. I want to hear you guys' opinion on this. Thanks for sending it in, Tony. I appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week comes from Brandon Wood. And Brandon Wood says, Hey, Brian, I love your podcast and really looking forward to your mobile app. It'll be a, it'll be, uh, it will be great to have a quick guide to all things canon. Thank you so much, Brandon. I do appreciate that. Now that High Republic has been announced, does that mean we're going to leave the Skywalker Saga era behind completely? And as a follow-up, once they've told all the stories they want in that era, will we will we get a proper Old Republic, or will we go back into the future hundreds of years past the Skywalker Saga? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks for the question, Brandon. Uh, no, I don't think we're leaving the Skywalker era at all, actually. We... I think this High Republic thing is honestly a project that they were doing that's testing the waters to see if we want something that takes place that far back and to see if they can even pull it off, see if we even care about some of the characters they're going to come up with. I don't think we're going to leave the Skywalker Saga era 
anytime soon, at least not in the next couple of years. I think once we start getting films that take place, if we start getting films that go Old Republic, I think then you're going to start to see less and less Skywalker Saga stuff. But as of right now, we're still getting the Star Wars run, which is between Empire and Jedi. And you know we're probably going to end up getting a Star Wars run between Jedi and Force Awakens. We're, we're still getting novels announced of, you know, Queen's Peril that's coming out this year. We're going to be getting the Thrawn trilogy, the, the new Thrawn trilogy, the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy, the Chiss Ascendancy, sorry. We're going to be getting that coming out. There's so much other stuff. This High Republic thing is just kind of mixed in with everything else. This is just a new time period that they're kind of playing around in, I think. I think they have plans to make a film with this time period, but I don't know if they want to pull the trigger on it just yet. I think they're waiting to see how fans react to this. And to see if it's something that we really care about, something that we really want before they start delving into their own time period and leaving what we know behind. At this point, I think they would be committing suicide. I think they would be committing suicide to not stick with some of the stories that still need to be told in the Skywalker saga. I really think so. Look, we're still getting another season of Mandalorian. That's going to take place during the Skywalker saga. We're still getting the Obi-Wan series, which is coming takes place during the Skywalker saga. If we still get the Cassian Andor series taking place during the Skywalker saga. So I don't think we're going to be leaving the Skywalker saga behind anytime soon. I just think they're starting to kind of play around in a new sandbox, seeing if they can come up with some ideas that, that we're going to like and, and to play around in an era where they have no responsibility to stay true to anything else that doesn't have effect on anything else. I think if look, and, and there's a reason I say that, I think they want to see going back 200 years is an old Republic. I said that earlier. I think going back 200 years removes you just enough where you are free to tell some stories and to see if, if you can tell stories that people care about before you go back to the old Republic and, and fuck it up from the beginning and not be able to to salvage it. I think that's what they're doing. I think before they go to touch the old Republic, they're making sure they can do it and that we're going to accept it before they go back to a time period where once they start, there's no stopping it. There, once you mess up, there's no fixing it. So this is going to be a trial and error thing, I think. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. This whole High Republic thing could come out and all of it could suck. I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the only thing I really don't have a lot of faith in is the Star Wars High Republic Adventures. That's the only thing I really don't have a lot of faith in. I think if they just did this time period as novels, because if you look at the covers of those books, they they look like Legends novels. They look like they really did came right out of the Legends era. And I, I, I think they I think they're going to use this time this this 200 year period to really test and see what they can do. Because remember, everything Disney has done so far, as far as canon goes, builds off of something that was already there. It builds off of the Skywalker saga films. It builds off of characters that were introduced in Clone Wars. It builds off everything that was already there. The only things that don't really, well, I, I guess even Resistance does, to be honest. Leia is in Resistance. You know, and, and even Rebels builds off of Ahsoka, who was already in Clone Wars. And, and you know, it's... They, they haven't actually shown that they can come up with their own ideas yet. Everything that has come along so far has been branched off of something that was already there. So this is their way of going back and, and telling stories that don't branch off of anything. And and I, th I think it's going to turn out all right. I think it'll be okay. So 
Uh, do I think they'll eventually go back to the future? Oh man. I, I don't think they're look once if this, if this high Republic thing takes off and it's, and it's really popular and fans love it, then you're going to start seeing old Republic stuff. I guarantee it. But I don't think you go back a thousand years. You've got a thousand years of stories to tell. You don't have to go anywhere else in time for a long, long time. Even with High Republic, if people like the, you have 200 years you can tell stories over. Think of how much stuff, how much canon material there is in a 60-year gap between Phantom Menace, 67-year gap, I think, between Phantom Menace and Rise of Skywalker. Think of how much is there. And that's 67 years. Now take 200 years. So you're looking at three times that. You've got a lot that you could tell in that time period. But let's say they do tell all the stories they want to tell during that period. Will they ever go back to the future? Probably at some point. I don't know how old I'll be when they get to that point. But I don't I don't want to say they're going to, but I don't want to say they won't either. I Honestly, I would like to see them do that. Kind of do some descendants of the characters that we've seen before. You know, the way the sequel trilogy should have been. You know, because even in Legends, I don't know a lot about them, but I know Cade Skywalker was a big deal in Legends, and it was, I guess, a descendant from Luke Skywalker. I guess years and years and years and years and generations down the line. Uh, I don't really know his whole backstory, so I'm not going to pretend like I do, but it seems like a cool character to kind of visit, if if you ask me. And, you know, Luke's Force goes popping up and giving him advice and, and stuff like that. They're, they're cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, I don't know how you're going to establish that so much time has passed. But I think it would be kind of cool. You 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 spend seven, eight years telling stories in High Republic and, and during the prequel, prequel, prequel era. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we're going to go back and, and kind of visit these characters again just to see what they're up to, see how things turned out, and see what the state of the galaxy is. You know, and by then, maybe you figured out how to tell stories the right way with Star Wars. And you can actually tell a sequel, sequel trilogy that makes sense. You know, so we'll see, man. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing something beyond the Skywalker saga. I, right now, the only stories that are going to be taking place beyond Episode Nine, I think, are uh, IDW Star Wars Adventures. I think that's the only one. I think that's the only medium they're telling stories in right now. And who knows? We might start get the no, uh, get novels later on down the road. Who knows? So, guys, let me know. Do you guys think they'll ever visit the, I guess, the sequel sequel trilogy era, the future, the far future? of Star Wars, and, and if they did, would you guys be excited to see something like that? Let me know, guys. I want to see your opinions on that. Uh, and the last question this week comes from Richard Olson. And Richard says, What are your thoughts on the idea of a young Han Solo Disney Plus series? I read somewhere last week there was a rumor going around it could happen. If it did, what would it have to include in its run to make it worth watching for you? Thanks for the question, Richard. Uh, first off, what would it have to include for me to watch it? The Star Wars title. Anything titled Star Wars, I'm going to end up watching it. Uh, but I know what you meant. Uh, look, I, I I saw the rumor about the Han Solo series. I don't know if it's, there's any truth to it whatsoever. I do believe that that is something that Disney would probably do. They have Alden Ehrenreich signed on for more appearances as Han Solo. I think that's for films. I'm not I'm not sure how that translates to television or to something like a streaming service, to be honest. I think it could be... I, th- I think Han Solo and Chewbacca being smugglers, I think that lends itself very well 
to being a series. I think that's something that every episode they could be on a new adventure and getting their asses into trouble and pissing somebody else off and swindling somebody else. And, you know, I, I think it lends itself well to being a series. Uh, doing different smuggling missions. Show what happened with Jabba. You know what I mean? And and Or even, you know, the, the whole Jabba thing was mentioned at the end of Solo. Just skip that. We know what happens. We already know what happens. Just pick up after that, and him he's trying to work that debt off. Do that. Make a series of that. That'd be all right. You know, you could introduce live-action versions of Hondo at some point, you know, and, and, and there's, there's a lot you could do with a series like that. But the big thing that you would have to focus on with a series like that is Crimson Dawn with Darth Maul and, and Kira's connection with Darth Maul going to Dathomir. That has to be in there. If you want to make this series worth watching, you bring back Ray Park as Darth Maul, you get Sam Witwer to voice him like he did in Solo, and you show this Crimson Dawn, show Crimson Dawn trying to hunt down Han. He's trying to dodge them while doing smuggling missions to pay off Jabba the Hutt. That's totally worth watching. Totally worth watching. So, and, and you know, we could even see Darth Maul end up where he, where he is in Rebels at some point too, you know, as, as the old man on, on Malachor. When he's trying to recruit Ezra as his apprentice, you know what I mean? So there's a lot you could do with that story. There really is. And and as a Disney Plus series, I'd watch it. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be, if they announce it tomorrow, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I cannot wait for that series. I'm not going to say that. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I guess we're doing a Han Solo series now. But at the same time, I don't feel like this is going to be something that the fans really embrace. If you know what I mean, Solo was the only film out of everything Disney's made so far, out of the Disney era films, that really bombed. And I think that would carry over to a series as well. Not, don't get me wrong, it's on a streaming platform, so if so, what? They're not really losing anything. They're still getting their monthly subscribers in, right? You're not paying anything extra to watch a Solo series. So I, you could. It'd be cool to see the Falcon again and see him modifying the Falcon here and there, watching it just fall apart around him when he's trying to rebuild it. You could even bring Lando back into it, and he could be pissing Lando off once in a while. Because in Empire Strikes Back, you know, Han talks about uh, when they're trying to land on Cloud City, and, and Chewie says something, and or Chewie rattles off something to Han. He's like, well, that was a long time ago. I'm sure he's forgotten about that. Surely he's not talking about the Falcon. Surely he's not. There's got to be something else. There's got to be another. There's got to be more history there than just what we've seen in Solo. Uh, you know, and even in the new Star Wars run, Lando talks about how Han was his friend. Really? Was he really? Based off of what we've seen and what we've read, was he really uh, at that point? So there's there's got to be more to it than that. Uh, and you could really put all of that in a Han Solo series, let it run two seasons, tell a couple of cool stories with it, and, and cap it off, man. You know, stick another feather in Disney's hat. That, that's all you could do with it. So, uh, yeah, I would end up watching it. Uh, don't I would I would watch it every week just like I did Mandalorian. I don't think I would count down to season two the way I am Mandalorian, and I'm more excited for the Obi Wan series than anything. And I'm really excited for this Cassian Andor series. Believe it or not, that's something I'm really really excited for. But uh, Han Solo Disney Plus series would be bottom of my excitement list for me as far as that goes. So I hope that answers your question, man. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for mailback questions. And I think it's going to do it for this episode, guys. Hey, next week, I'm going to be guest starring on Mark Tolley's podcast, War of the Stars. He's been doing a series on the women of Star Wars. 
And this coming week, they'll be talking about Princess Leia, our beloved princess. I can't wait to talk about Leia some. Uh, and I think last week they talked about Padme. Uh, I know Mark and I tried to record an episode for Padme, and we kept having a lot of technical difficulties, and he ended up not using that episode. And he ended up redoing that episode with his co-host. So this week we'll, we will be talking about Leia, and I'm very excited about that. So make sure you guys tune in for that as well. Uh, thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, make sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, and reaction videos as well uh, as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Canon Podcast. Uh, if you guys want to help support the podcast in any way, you guys can check out the Patreon account. Uh, and if you'd like to get a question on the podcast, you can send it in to StarWarsCanonPodcast.gmail.com. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can record a voice message that way and send it to me through there. All those links can be found in the description of this episode. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And as always, may the Force be with you.